welcome to the Josh Johnson Show. I'm Josh Johnson, joined by my good friend and co-host, Logan Nielsen. Fellow comedian, stand-up very funny. I was just trying to say as much as I could before you could talk to make it awkward for you. <laughs> I, it's hard to tell where you're going at all because you just you're the same level of unexcited for <laughs> hi welcome to the show this is my friend <laughs> i i will say have you ever had a bad intro up on stage as a stand-up oh, yeah, yeah. like just being brought what, what do you think one of your worst intros is um one of my worst intros it, it's one that comes to mind right away is i remember i remember telling you when it happened but uh was in Chicago. I had just come back from like one of my first feature gigs on the road, uh, and that I, the the host was just like, "Oh, how you been?" I'm just like, "Oh, like," and I was new to Chicago too, so I wasn't really in the Chicago scene yet. And I was just like, "Oh, I was just in uh, Minnesota, which was really cool. I got to feature at my home club, and it was really exciting." And she was like, "Oh my god, cool!" So when she introduced me, she said, "This next guy, not only does he perform all around Chicago, <laughs> but he performs all around the world." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Logan Nielsen. I'm like, no, I'm like, I was performing like seven hours away. <laughs> so it's like, I know that doesn't sound like a bad intro, but it was very, it was awkward for me. And so that, that show, right, was at the 240 Lounge in Chicago? Uh, yeah, if we're calling out uh, venues, yeah, that was a 240 Lounge show. Dude. It, yeah, coming from ho- like featuring on the road, doing two shows a night at a club getting paid all right nice hotel really good time and then making sure i get back to chicago for that that showed next to the admiral strip club <laughs> so for anyone listening that doesn't know which is everyone um there is a there is a very long running show you know what's crazy about 240 lounge is that they had if they if it's still running it might be the longest they they had at the time i lived there one of the longest running comedy shows in chicago oh, yeah. and it, yeah, the longest running comedy shows in any city are always the ones that just didn't die they're not they're yeah. not like the best most prestigious they're just like the bar keeps saying yeah gotta do something here yeah gotta get people in somehow so then the, the best part though about i i hope you get to the but i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt the best part about 240 lounge is right next to the strip club that does not serve alcohol. So the only audience you get are guys who come in to have a drink and they look very sad and then they leave to go back <laughs> to the strip club. Immediately. Immediately. They come in, they order a whiskey, they drink it, they walk out. Immediately. So like that's your audience is guys who are coming in to take shots as fast as possible. And mm-hmm. oh man, just so many, so many horror stories. I've done it a couple times. Um, Mm -hmm. I had done it maybe five times when I lived in Chicago before I said no more. Cause you know, like that first year you're just an open micer and you're just, you want to take everything, everything. Cause, cause everything is something. That's how we met was just doing those shows was just picking up whatever random gig that was on someone on the, you know, the Facebook booking gig. Yeah. You know, and when you first start out, those are great cause they're just shows you meet new people. They're good. And then you do reach a point probably about two years in, you're like, no, I'm especially, <laughs> gonna take shows that are offered to me now. <laughs> especially if you're just good. Like if you're if you're good and you can feel yourself getting good, you're mm-hmm. like, now I'm getting less out of this than I'm putting in. Yeah, that's a good point. I think any show is worth doing because you'll learn something from it. Sure. But you do you do figure out at what point, oh, I don't have to do this one anymore. 
Yeah, like that was a hard thing with road stuff. Doing road stuff was a tough one to be like, oh, this this amount of driving for this amount of money for this type of show is no longer worth it, and it makes you feel like a jerk because it makes you feel like, oh, I'm too big now for. The, but it's just like, nah, I, I, it's not worth the effort for it. And you just you you start doing that math, and you're like, I'm going to be stranded if I take this job. It's like I have yeah. no money to begin with, and it's going to cost money to get there, and they're not paying me enough to get back. So I think I will just live in normal Illinois now. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What's the what's the bad intro you've got? Um. <laughs> so I got an intro one time where. The host clearly forgot my name. And oh, that's always good. Did he vamp? He vamped, and it was oh, so yes. bad. Yes. Because it was, it was the type of vamping that happens when a person doesn't have enough black friends. <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> Because the places his mind went, I feel like his only interaction with any black people is watching Remember the Titans and the Blind Side. Like that like that's the extent He just started of shouting it. left side, strong side, left side. Because this guy, okay, so he's bringing me up and he's like, Your next comic? Ooh. Um, your your next comic is a <laughs> As funny as he is black. Uh, no, really? <laughs> no, really? And he's like, your next comic. Like, and I'm, and I'm, so I'm also, this is, I forgot to set this up. I'm It'd also, only be better if I got that intro. Yeah. So, <laughs> then I'd be like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. What He's saying I'm not funny. On the way to the <laughs> stage. He's saying I'm not funny. That's a, that'd be actually a great way to diss a white comic. <laughs> He's as funny as he is black, everybody. <laughs> so this dude is saying this, right? And I'm not, right. I'm not done with the terrible intro, but this dude is saying this. No, there's more to it? There's, I can't there's wait. There's way more to it. Because he went on for so long because he... It, there was a pride he had that he wanted to remember my name, so he wasn't just going to bring me up. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I should set this up a little bit better. I knew I was next, so I did the normal thing, which is kind of start making your way a little bit because you know your name's about to get said. Right. So I had no idea this vamping was about to happen. So then I am actually standing next to the stage, and everyone is looking at me while he's saying this. <laughs> so so the guy's like your next comic oof your next comic is as funny as he is black um he uh real 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 sweet kid uh real real nice guy real sweetheart you know he he uh we had a great conversation about the cons before earlier in in the green room and um, about pecans that about you said? pecans like yes because we did but also like that's not the gonna, nut he is so clearly gonna try to use everything we talked about to remember my name right yeah and he's wearing jeans yeah uh, he, he, which is just a sensible uh clothing option he's, uh, he's, you know they were invented uh you know when they first uh, levi invented the steel rivet <laughs> gene you know in the late 1800s and, <laughs> and then he like 
almost tries to do a joke, like, in the middle of that. And then he's like, he's like, uh, g- give it up. And then he tries to, like, rib me like we're friends. Oh, but he, but you also better. don't know my name. So he's like, give it up for this pencil neck kid, <laughs> Jack Johnson. There you go. And I was like, oh, man, you, you were actually close. Like, for all of that. For all of that, you could have just been like, your next comic is very funny. And the one of the things that people don't realize is a bit sacrilege to to do when they're hosting is to say the person's name and then give all these then credits. Other stuff. Right. Yeah. So I remember one time, even I think I was at a show with you where you got brought up as like Logan Nielsen. And here he is. <laughs> well, that was, no, that was a bunch of those. I was just going to bring those up. The worst intros I ever got, actually, were those college gigs we used to do. Where I'd open for you. Because they would always be yeah, some yeah. young kid who's yeah. never spoken to a mic before. So they'd always go up there because they'd be like, what do you want me to say about you? And I'd give them the intro. And then they'd go up there and they're like, uh, so tonight, guys, thank you for coming out. We have a comedian, uh, Josh Johnson. He'll be coming up. Uh, first, we have a guy named Logan, um, and he's here, and he's done, you know he's done stuff, and they drove together. And then I'm supposed to know to just go up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, and they drove there's together. So, yeah, there's so many of those. Because remember, as as we did them, I just started when they'd ask me. They'd say, what do you want? I just started saying, I don't care what you say. Just end with Logan Nielsen. Just make my, make my name the last thing. And then I'll do that. That's, that's what I tell. If I can tell. Because I've, I've done a, a casino gig where like the, the person who was supposed to MC didn't show up. Jeez. And so they, just, they made a server do it. And then she comes up to me and she's just like, uh, she's like, what should I say? And like, I can tell she's just nervous. And I say, I, honestly, say whatever you want. Just end with my name. I'll do everything else. Because I know it's featuring too. And that sucks when you have to host and feature. Because you have to kind of start with that like host energy. Like, how are we all doing tonight? Yeah, yeah, okay. Now here's 30 minutes of comedy. <laughs> like, which is a different vibe I got to get into. I think it's also a situation where when you have people who have never been in front of other people, they lean into how scary that thing is rather than just no one. I Like... People doing poorly on the mic is a cringe thing to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you just don't want to see that. So then as a result, you're never rooting for someone to fail. So even though you have this fear of being in front of people, no one wants you to fail. It would be as cringe for us to watch you fail as it would be for you to fail, you know? Yeah. And... I just, I remember it too. Especially in comedy, bad comedies, like a bad speech is just a bad speech. Yeah. You can just be like, oh, that was boring. Bad comedy, you're like, oh no. You know, like that's What's become when someone's of their just mind. awkward and weird. Yeah, exactly. But I will say the, the thing that I think sharpened, sharpened me a little bit at 240 Lounge is just if you could make, there, there was a bouncer, he may still be there, I have no idea, but there was a bouncer who couldn't have hated us more. He hated. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He hated every ounce of our being. He hated that we. Because I think that before comedy was there, he probably just got to like sit back and listen to a podcast. You know. Yeah. Because it's like, who's really coming in? They don't need me to do anything. The place is actually too small to bounce. 
Like when you like when you're yeah. there, it's weird that they have a bouncer. I know they have to because it's only drunk horny men going in there. That's the thing. I bet they just need it because of what they're right next to. Yeah. But I'm telling you, oof. It's <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, if you if you could get him to crack up a little bit, if you, you at could, least make that guy smile it felt so good because you knew that was better than making the comics laugh 100 percent, because you knew how reluctant it was you knew he was smiling through his hate for you yeah well that was like uh certain rooms we do like uh do you remember live wire yeah yeah because that, that was that was a, a, a actually a, a cool room but it was like mainly a rock club but you'd do these gigs where it'd be the comedy show first and then right after you is going to be a punk band or something. So really, your whole audience would be the people who just got there kind of... Like halfway through the comedy show, everyone who wants to see the band shows up and could not give a fuck about the comedy show at all. That was one, actually one of my fi- favorite things. I think it was maybe one of the... It's like the second show you and I ever did together. But it was where I just... I made so much noise to make the room look at me because they all... Just re- like this, as I was getting brought up, the whole room tuned out, and I walked up. And I remember they listened to the guy before me, who I don't, I don't remember who it was, and I'm sorry for, but like he didn't do well, yeah. And everyone just kind of let it. Ha- it was just quiet and awkward in there. And I remember I get up there and I start telling a joke, and everyone just starts getting rowdy. And I just said, "Hey, like we all, you can't sit through two more guys. Y'all listen to you. Just listen to him. You were all very polite and quiet for, <laughs> for him, which was mean to say." I didn't point at it, but I was like, the guy before me, you all just listened. And that made like the whole room like, good point, sir. Yeah. And then I actually had a pretty good set. I was pretty proud of that one. But I don't know if this would have been the show because I do feel like I had this recording from a show with you. But I remember one of my proudest moments. I had to be like nine or nine months or 11 months in when this happened. But I think we did a live wire show together. And at that show, mm-hmm. the rock band crowd showed up. And once again, in that situation, could not care less what was happening before they got yeah. there. And I want to be very clear. We don't blame them. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> if anything, they I'm showed up on for a punk side. show. <laughs> yeah. This show wasn't on the marquee. The, the punk show is. And so I remember I did particularly well in front of that crowd and and they were loud and they were laughing. And that was when I was like, Oh, I I actually am developing a bit of skill to turn a room around. That is not Mm -hmm. ideal, you know? So that, that felt good. And, uh, those, those early days will do that when you're in a room where it's like, no one is even paying attention or wants to be a part of it. And then you, you feel that your performance kind of turned the room around and you don't, you don't get cocky, but you're kind of like, Oh, okay. I might be getting good at this. At 240 Lounge, I did have a really good set one time, and won. This was like six months in, and I won a contest, like a like a comedy competition contest. Oh, I remember when I, they used to have those. Yeah, I didn't know I was in it because they forgot <laughs> to tell us at the top. Oh, that it was a competition. That it was a competition. So everyone oh, just sort of thought it was a show. So then at the end, this guy gets up and starts critiquing our sets. <laughs> And being like, no, that's so good. And being like, you know, um, this guy right here, you know, you had a great start, but then you really petered out towards the middle. And I, I and can you're tell like, that this is like, a weird fucking headliner set. Dude. And so we're all <laughs> expecting him to like do jokes. And then he just, and then we were like, is this a roast? But it wasn't good roast jokes because it was only hurtful. There was no joke. And to be fair to him, it was just, yeah, a roast wouldn't be fun if it was like Don Rickles got up there and just like, some of you aren't very good at comedy. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> the thing that hurt the most is that everything he was saying was pretty true. Um, because so he was a good judge. He was a good judge. If only you knew he was there for that. Yeah. And so then uh, he got to um, what he was saying were the top three. And I knew he hadn't mentioned my name yet. So I was like, maybe he either didn't watch me go up or he thinks I'm like the top three for some reason. There were also too many people on the show. There were 15 people on the show. I mean, yeah, if it was a two for a lounge, I knew there was too many people on the show. <laughs> and so, so then he gets to me and he's like, you know, I think I've seen you somewhere else. I know you haven't been doing it long and you really impressed me. You had, you had a, you had a, I think he said a unique perspective or something. So uh, I'm going to give it to you. That's how I won. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> not the winner of this contest is not like the winner of the week and the prize, whatever, just I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to you. Yeah. And so then he has me walk up to the front. I'm walking up to the front past everyone who's shooting daggers because they just got, we all got roasted, but I won something for some reason. And then he hands me a coupon for <laughs> four free drinks from 240 Lounge. Yeah, there it is. That you can't use that night, though, probably, right? Not only, it, it, it was insane. It was like I couldn't even give it away for some reason. Like <laughs> I tried to yeah, give you don't even you don't even drink. I, I don't drink and then I tried to give it away and the bartender saw me try to give it away and went, nah, that's yours. <laughs> Sorry, dude. This is your curse. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't drink. And it's like, well with great with great perspective comes great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do this. I don't drink. Well, you will eventually. So keep doing shows <laughs> here and you'll be fine. <laughs> Do you remember the one we did uh, that was in like none of this, just to, for the audience? We did some of these college shows. There were some really good ones. A lot of them aren't great. Nothing against the college or the people that go to them, but it's usually like you're in a room that is just not meant for comedy at all. Sometimes you're just in a big atrium. Um, and my favorite one was the one where we were in the big opening area, where it's like and it's like a spiral building, so it's like four floors all the way up so it's the highest ceiling ever and then there in the lobby is a goddamn subway sandwich shop so straight <laughs> straight across from you you see someone making subway sandwiches but they had no business because there was a free buffalo wild wings giveaway <laughs> so there was just a line of teens and anyone who was sitting down was eating wings looking away from you wings is the worst comedy food i Upon further review, realize we may have been in a mall. I think <laughs> <laughs> they said it was some kind of student center, but it had a subway. And remember, behind them yeah. where they were serving the wings was a bar. Hundred percent. And so I later was asking my manager about it, and I think my manager was like, "Oh yeah, that's the one in the mall," and it made so much more sense because it was also like not everyone here is is uh, a student. A student. So then it was also it was a really small mall then too or it was it was just a vertical yeah it was mall. a vertical mall but but if you think about it even even the richest schools don't necessarily have student centers that are four floors high true but I was surprised at how many we'd go to that would have a bar in them that kept blowing my mind most of yeah. them in Wisconsin yeah uh, but. <laughs> I, I started making that jokes we do it. I'd be like, oh, I, could, I remember we're in Wisconsin because there's a bar here in this college. Yeah, we we had a couple that were so fun though, and then there was there was one that you couldn't 
make it. I remember because we it was like in the Midwest, but it was like you had already had some dates you had booked. So yeah, we couldn't do this one. And it was in Ohio. And I went with my buddy uh, and we had a great time. The actual show was great because it was one of those scenes almost out of a movie or something where the show started off small but then just slowly grew over the course of the mm-hmm. entire show so not only did everybody stay but so many more people started like coming and collecting and like I guess either people were texting people about it or people were just late but like droves right. of people started was coming. That the, was that one you did with Sutherland? No no this is the one I did with uh, Arden Okay, and oh, okay. And I remember we went out later. The students wanted to go out, and they were like, oh, yeah, there's this bar that we go to. It's great, blah, blah, blah. And we knew we just had the hotel and then the drive back, so we were like, okay, I guess we'll go. And neither one of us were drinking, so then we're like, we'll be able to leave whenever we want because we have our car and we're going to be sober, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember that being such a that that night was just wrought with like everything every type of thing that could happen when you're in college there were so many fights there were like oh yeah you told me about this there were two women who were so tiny but they fought like UFC champs like the like one girl tripped the other girl and threw her to the ground and before the girl could even really fall she had already hip hinged <laughs> to pop herself back up and start swinging. I've never seen anything like it in person since. Like, she knew she was falling. And before she hit 45 degrees, she was already pivoted for how she was going to spring back up. And this is drunk. Both these girls are very drunk because they're not landing on each other at all. They're just sort of... They're just sort of swinging wildly, and every once in a while, one will connect and knock the other one down, but she'll be up before she can really fall. And <laughs> the whole way that it got broken up—it's like up, two of those, like two of those, like like flailing things in front of car lots. Oh yeah, fighting. the inflatable, like, to, yeah, to the, the, the flail, the inflatable guys, hundred percent, because they could not stay down. And the whole way that the fight broke out was. One girl pushed off of the other girl and ran away, which everyone thought meant the fight was over. She was just running away to to get get enough room to (laughs) run back. So then she started running. Like she's bouncing off the ropes in wrestling. And I'm telling you, like, Eye of the Tiger playing, like, Rocky music, <laughs> running. Like, and, and her, like, her elbows are going all the way back and her hands were going all the way up. And she is, like, charging at this girl. Oh, got, that, got that Terminator 2 run. And Go then back. she jumps both feet in the air for a Superman punch. And her boyfriend catches her and goes, <laughs> no. And then rolls her around and runs off with her. Oh, that's amazing. That's like a dance move. That's so good. It was insane. Like we all like we just looked at each other because we couldn't believe that means that she does this enough to where you've synced up with her. Did <laughs> you have to like convince her? Like, oh, woo, you're flying. Let's go. Oh, oh, baby, you're you, you got her. You really did. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Remember one of the times we went out? We did that uh, that one tech college. Which was actually a fantastic show. Yeah, that yeah. was great. And then we had the like the student group that planned it wanted to take us out for food afterwards, so they took us to this bar, um, which first off had the biggest onion rings I've ever seen in my life. Like literally, they were the size of glazed donuts. Yeah, they were massive. Yeah. Um, and then uh, but 
because it was a technical school. So everyone there, they were like bio engineers, and they were they're different. And then they started really shit talking, like regular like chem engineers or something. So I can't remember what it was. No, I remember this because okay, it's yeah. stuck with me ever since. At this technical school, there are going to be very few students who graduate and probably make less than six figures. Like everything that everyone was majoring in at that table sounded important. And the yes. people that they were making fun of sounded just as important. So <laughs> it was it was a very weird hierarchy that they had created. But they were calling the biochem students, I believe it was the chemies. Chemies. That's right. You as you said it, it popped my head. They'd be like, "Oh well, the chemies." Right. And then there was one that was below, though. Well, just engineers. I remember were the bottom. Yeah. So just Cause engineers. Because then they'd be like, "Oh well, those are engineers." everyone looks down on them and i'm like i don't i'm a like it was us we were older comedians being like no no no, guys these are all very good jobs yeah the fact that they were like the engineers so they were at the top i can't remember what they were but they were at the top i think i think they were bio engineers which is separate from chemical engineers or at least it was something like that it was something that was like such a thin layer but they were the jocks it was so fun to see the jock nerd like artsy dynamic in the nerd hierarchy. hundred <laughs> like, percent. It was super fascinating. See so that if you get a group of people together, someone will always be the jocks. Someone will always be the nerds, even if they're all doing the same fucking thing. Right. Like, so they didn't have any sports at the school. And I think that went without saying, I know, but you just need to know that everyone's like BMI is going to be on the same level. Like everyone is, <laughs> is identical. <laughs> So it was the biochem, no, the bioengineers were on top of the biochem kids, and then the biochem kids were on top of the engineers. And I remember one of the kids at the table was like, yeah, everyone pretty much uh, dogs the engineers, because, I mean, (laughs) is that even science? (laughs) And I was like... I don't know if I'm smart enough to be at this table. I think I think we should leave. I think that I but like they were saying it all to us, and we're just like, and I'm like, oh, I got a degree in film. Uh, yeah, he he did uh, theater tech. I have a degree uh, in plugging <laughs> lights in, so <laughs> I need to start lying immediately. I need to start telling these kids that I've done open heart surgery, something. Well, just the fact too that they had like, oh, the chemies, like the fact that someone thought of. A slur for chemical engineer. <laughs> Is that, I don't know. That, that's pretty interesting to me. <sighs> Did you have any shows that were on the road that were like your defining moment for that state? Like there, there have been some shows that I've had that have made me look at an entire state of the U.S. and be like, I'm only going to come here if I absolutely have to, or this is the best state to do comedy or, you know, whatever that is. Have you had that experience? Cause I know you've done lots of, you have lots of stories of being on the road that I have never really asked you about. Well, as much as I'm not looking to lose any fans here, uh, I don't have that many. So I don't want to immediately just shit talk entire States. Uh, well, yeah, I've, a lot of my road stuff has been, in the Midwest. So it's, it's not so much states, but you, I, I quickly, excuse me, started learning like how certain types of shows were going to go like casino shows. 
Like anytime I book a casino, I know exactly what that's going to be like. <laughs> I know exactly what a casino show is going to be like. And I've yet to be wrong. <laughs> Unless it's like some will have like, you know, there's one, there's one in Minnesota that I've done that is just a, it's run by a comic and it's a well-run show and it's meant to be like more of a special event. But a lot of casino shows, you're just plopped down in whatever space they had available and they didn't really care about promoting the show. And no one there cares about a comedy show. They're, they're there to spend money and gamble. Uh, so you're just someone who's talking at them or in some pla- places it's just, Oh, that's where they go. So they can smoke. <laughs> so that's funny. Cause you can smoke in a casino. I did the first casino show I did. I got lost. Um, <laughs> we were in the hard rock in, I think it was Hollywood, Florida. And oh, oh, this was Trevor. Yeah. So I was opening for Trevor Noah and I got up. Because we had, I think, either two shows or we got there from another show, like, as a layover, spent the night there. Mm-hmm. And I remember I woke up and just wanted to get some breakfast, right? But I felt like the best way to go about it was to just go and search instead of try to call for some sort of room service or something. Right. And so I leave and... I th- I'm only used to regular hotels. <laughs> so I didn't know that I needed to pack a bag and a lunch and my phone or anything. So I ended up, I think I left my phone in the room and then I started walking and they had multiple towers. So mm-hmm. there was a North tower, South tower. I think I was staying in the South tower and I leave the South Tower area because there's no food over there and just start sort of walking around. And like out of a horror movie, I immediately get turned around. I immediately don't know where I am. And so I start to panic because that's that's my jam. That's what I do when Mm -hmm. whenever things are amiss, I freak out. And so, yeah, everybody, you should see it when we set up to do this show. I'm going to start recording the Zoom chat earlier so maybe people can see uh, the process. <laughs> Look, to be fair, though, even you have admitted there's something wrong with my board. <laughs> there is something wrong with your board, but that doesn't that doesn't account for the other problems that have nothing to do with your board at all. <laughs> I haven't bought curtains yet, so the sun comes in and it gets me very hot and very upset. <laughs> I don't know why this is so hard to understand. You got to start having little icy push pops. It is funny. Like this is, I don't know if I'll keep this in, but like doing an old podcast with a friend of mine, I would always notice if we try to record one or two in one night, he'd always get kind of sleepy between one and the (laughs) other. So I started realizing I had to start having snacks around. It's it's funny how producing podcasts, you kind of have to become like a soccer mom a little bit. Yeah. I'd be like, well, now I need snacks for my buddy who's he starts getting sleepy and then he cuts out. You know, he stops participating in episode <laughs> the second episode. You know, with you, it's going to be like, start having cool drinks off to the side, bud. That'll help. I don't want to spill any liquids on the board. <laughs> well, then I think you need some curtains, pal. I have ordered them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take to convince you that I'm doing my best. <laughs> 
I, hey, I know you are. I know you're doing your best, but you do like to panic. So back to your panic story. In the Oh, so I started to panic, and then I remember I got extra lost somewhere in the slots. And so I was in the slots, and I couldn't, I couldn't find anyone that I knew because there's, obviously there's only three of us, and the rest of yeah. us are, like, in their hotels. And I left my phone, so now I can't text them. And I can't find the front desk. So right. I was also just trying to find the front desk eventually to ask them which way the food court was or to, how to get so back to my room. To, go up to the health center and be like, I need a grown-up. Yeah, 100% <laughs> to go up to the help desk and be like, I need help. This is the whole reason you're here. And, they're, and they just give you a card that's a number for Gamblers Anonymous. <laughs> Right. That I need be, help. Here you go, buddy. Yeah. That would actually be phenomenal if that had been what happened. <laughs> that would that would have been lay, way less embarrassing. So basically, I get lost in the slots. I tap this older woman on the shoulder and I was like, Do you know Are you my mommy? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know which way the front desk is? And she was like, Maybe. And that's when I realized she was, like, trying to get some money out of me to give me directions. (laughs) She was like, maybe I do, maybe I don't. And so then I went in my my wallet and I gave her a dollar. And then she was like, that way, I think. And I was like, you think? And so I just started heading that way, right? I can't believe you gave her a dollar. I was out of options. Okay. No, you weren't. Yes, she I wasn't was. the only person there. Am I supposed to just start screaming? I don't. No, go also, ask a different person who's not trying to hold you up for a buck. Hundred percent. But there weren't a lot of other people around. This was early in the morning, and only <laughs> the real gamblers were out. Oh, okay. Oh, so everyone there was going to try to get a buck from you. <laughs> it was like it was like seven thirty. Man, honestly though, that lady might be my hero now. I mean, I respect the hustle. I do, man. The fact that someone was just like, I, I really need to find the front desk. And she's like, oh, well. I mean, what does the front desk mean to you, you know? <laughs> and so I... How bad you don't want to be lost anymore. Right. I was out of options. I gave her the dollar, and I took, I took my walk and went the direction. It was still not the front desk. I, I had gone now from the slots to the poker tables. And so out of panic and exhaustion, I just sat down and when I sat down, someone dealt me a card, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like I like now, like, <laughs> oh no! I shouldn't have sat down at one of these green tables. Like now, I'm like now I'm not. I'm now not, you're playing blackjack. I'm not playing though because I have no I have no money and no chips to throw in or anything. Right. But I I guess the guy the dealer just wasn't paying attention, so he like throws me a card, throws everyone a card, throws me a card. And I don't touch the cards because I'm too freaked out because I'm like, I don't know. Why did you sit down at a card table? I truly wasn't paying attention, and it was a free seat. And so then... Josh, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) I love you so much. You are my best friend in the world. Sometimes I'm truly amazed you are alive. (laughs) But, But it just, it didn't, at the time, it didn't seem as insane as it obviously is. So then I tell him like sir i'm so sorry but i can't i can't gamble and then he goes what are you not old enough and i was like (laughs) that's good no i'm i'm actually i'm I'm of age i just i'm i don't have any money and then he's like oh then why are you here 
And I was like, oh, I just, I was looking for the food court. And he was like, it's right there. And then maybe 10 feet away from where the tables were was the food court. Mm-hmm. And so I look up and like an oasis, I look up and I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then I run over to the food court and then slowly realize that everything over there is closed. Like ev- like every single, there's n- not even a stand is open. Yeah. And so now I'm sitting in the food court, just hands in my face. And then I see my buddy uh, Vince and he is also just walking to the food court, looking at the menus and everything, not as freaked out as me that they're not open yet. Cause maybe, <laughs> maybe it says it in the hotel room and I just never looked and I look up at Vince. And I'm like, Oh, Vince, thank God. And he's like, thank God. And, <laughs> and then I immediately run over to hug him. And you're like, what year is it? Yeah, and he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I've been down here for so long. I don't even know how long because I don't have my phone with me, like blah, blah, blah. And finally, he was like, well, we're going to get you sorted. It's okay. I know where I'm going. So then I just followed <laughs> Vince to get brunch. Take my hand, bud. Come with me. He also had to walk me back to my room because cause then even when we were full, I was like, I know that the hotel and the casino are a little more open now but oof i'm i'm telling you man i don't think i don't think i'll make it back on my own (laughs) and he was like oh let me show you but then he also wasn't in my tower so he had to like navigate i think right still late the show was good though (laughs) real fun show it was worth the whole thing well, good. That's good to hear. I'm glad that's how it worked out. Yeah. Uh, you find the way to get yourself into the the smallest of adventures, yeah, like I, things that things that shouldn't be adventures become full on epics. When you, I mean, I'm not gonna just, lie. the The roof thing last week was well, much no, that's more a, exciting than this one. I well, no, no, that's that's just some. You were just you became a cartoon for a moment there. I'm just I'm talking about like. You literally will just turn around and then suddenly, like, my whole world's different now. <laughs> <sighs> my uh, my buddy in Louisiana is a lot like me in that way, where he he had a situation where he was supposed to pick up his nephew from <laughs> from elementary school, and he just full like full stop picked up the raw kid. <laughs> like raw raw kid got the car not paying attention he drove off not paying attention and it wasn't until like they were maybe like 10 until like minutes. seven years later and the kids turning 18 <laughs> right and it's like this is my family what are you talking about it it wasn't until so much later into the drive that he looked back to be like how was your day at school bud and the kid was like it was okay and he realized he had never heard that kid's voice before and then he looked back and was like, oh, my God, who are you? And the kid was like, oh, my God, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and so he and he genuinely panicked. He was like, I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't know if I should drive back to the school or just take this kid home, because either way, I'm going to I'm going to get someone's knee in my back. No, like school, school is much better, though. School's much better, right? Much better option than home. But they've been driving for a while. So I think he was freaked out of like, what if I get back to the school and nobody's there? Now I just have this kid. 
it's true. You have to work on the best wording because you can't just show up and be like, "I got a kid in my car." <laughs> you can't really you can't got, open with that. There's a there's a there's a kid in the back in my back seat, and I don't know. Him. I don't know him. Do you want him? Does anybody here want this kid? He didn't give me his name. <laughs> We've never met. He doesn't know me. Well, he's he also said that the kid would not. Like, after Who Are You, after the Who Are Yous were exchanged, the kid wouldn't talk to him because his parents always told him never to talk to strangers. I mean... So now, the kid, like, the kid could not help him. So then he's, like, driving back to the school, which is fair enough. I'm not blaming honestly, it on the kid. It's, um, yeah, that's actually a good move by the kid. I understand in this situation how it would have helped. Honestly, that kid made a very good move. And then he gets back to the school, and his... <laughs> the kid, he... <laughs> The kid he was supposed to pick up was like, I ran after the car for so long. <laughs> and you did look back once. <laughs> Apparently the kid. So when that other kid got in the car, he knew that that was like a mistake, the mistake. Yeah. And so then he started running after the car. Right. And then he said he even tried to throw his backpack at the car to stop him. <laughs> and so when he drives back up, the kid, the kids sit there, and then the teachers are also sitting there. And luckily for, oh, luckily for his dude, the parents hadn't showed up yet, so it it wasn't a like freaked out situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, because if mm, the parents yeah. have been there waiting, it's like, ooh, now you now you got real problems, yeah. you know? But yeah. he he gets back. And then his nephew don't want to talk to him. And the teacher's like, he's very upset. Um, <laughs> we He actually chased you pretty far <laughs> off campus. <laughs> the, kid, the kid ran after him for like a ways away from the school. Can you imagine, though, just you're that kid and you like you can't seem to scream enough and your feet aren't fast enough for you to actually be able to like tap the window mm -hmm. or anything? Because even if he had caught up, he's not that tall. So he's not going to be seen. Right. That's, that's how young kids start smoking. Like, yeah. As a kid is just like, man, no one gives a shit about me. <laughs> Can I tell you one of the one of the most like I want a smoke moments. I mean, I've never smoked, so I don't actually know what I'm talking about. But one of the most I want a cigarette moments I ever had as a kid was yeah. when I punched a hole into my Capri Sun and there was nothing but air. <laughs> yeah. I I there were few things in my little life at that point that it made me as upset as that. And I genuinely almost lost it. Because I don't know yeah. why, but I had already been having a day. <laughs> and I was looking forward to this Capri Sun so much. And then I poked the hole in, and I heard, like, a whistle. And in my it was head... Just an I, empty pouch? It was just an empty pouch. And apparently, when you... There, there's, there's a statistic out there, too. When you are dealing with packages, especially, like, ketchup packets or, like, Capri Sun, whatever, that... You, when you account for factory error, like one in every 100,000 might be empty. So like one right. in every 100,000 ketchup packets might yeah. be empty. And I got the one in 100,000 Capri yeah. Suds that was just nothing but air. Yeah, you, you won the lottery of fuck you, kid. <laughs> and I punched the hole in and the air stank. Like it, it didn't even taste like Capri Sud air. 
that's just factory air. Yeah. That's just, or maybe, yeah, one in 100,000 is just a guy that goes. <laughs> yeah, I think someone just farted into a Capri yeah, Sun packet. Did you then, after that, I want to know, because when I was a kid, if stuff like that would happen, I would then, like, that. It, it's one of those first moments that makes you lose trust in things. So it's like, didn't that, ever since then, did you have a, a vendetta against Capri Sun? It's not a vendetta, but I definitely became disillusioned with them. Right. A hundred percent. Because that was, it's, yeah. already, it's already just water that's flavored a certain way with some high fructose corn syrup, I think. So well, yeah. I wasn't that much. I, I, I was just so infatuated with it when I was little and I played soccer and I want one on our little soccer breaks, whatever. But then once, once it really hit that they could betray me, I didn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. I was like, I'm drinking water from now on. Yeah, I've never had that. That's great. Well, I remember, like, I remember being a kid and really getting to the point of like, uh, the popsicles you have to break in half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't trust it because you do that, and then sometimes you'd lose one entirely. <laughs> the shit would fall. The shit would fall off the stick, and then so I was just like, "No, I'm I ain't playing with that anymore." So I would just a lot of times when I'd have the one that's meant to be two, I'd just hold both sticks and just eat. <laughs> wow, just eat it by itself because I did because I'd always break them in half and I'd fuck it up, and so I'd always end up be I'd lose. So even if I was gonna share it with somebody, I couldn't. I'd end up losing half the popsicle. So I was, I got very, as a kid being like, I like one stick popsicles. <laughs> I don't, I don't care for this, this two stick malarkey. <laughs> it oh. breaks, it makes me, it makes me always have less popsicle. No matter what the turnout is, I don't get all the popsicle I want. So this has reminded me of a quick story that I think you will enjoy. Um, when, when I was little, there was a girl that I went to school with that for a period of about a month or two, I can't remember if it lasted a full two months, but she was stealing everybody's lunches. <laughs> and I, I can't tell you how stressful it was to be trying to learn your times tables, learn your division, and wonder if your snack pack was going to be there <laughs> when you got to lunch. It, it would stress me out. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, no, I, Listen, no, I, I get it. She loved lunch. This girl loved lunch. I can't I can't describe it in any other way. Because there was there were some instances of her almost getting caught, but it took so long to catch her because I don't know when she would have been she must have been eating fast. She must have been eating slick. She must have been eating all the time. Because for no one to be able to get a glimpse of her, because I went to like a school where all of the lunches were together. This wasn't like a school lunch in a cafeteria. This was every right. little kid brings their lunchbox and puts their lunchbox in their cubby and, and everything. Right. Are the cubbies in the classroom or in the hallway? They're in the hallway. Okay. And that's because if, if they're in the classroom, then holy shit. She's like lowering from the ceiling or something. She's doing Mission Impossible some style. Hard, yeah, she's doing hardcore heist shit. But if they're in the hall, okay, that makes more sense. So. What really got me was <laughs> there, were, there was a day where I overheard the teachers sort of trying to figure out who it was because it got to the point where some of the teachers' lunches had gotten eaten too. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher, there was one teacher that was like, 
How? It was in my car. <laughs> this little girl out there with a coat hanger. <laughs> Just popping locks so that she <laughs> could get in the backseat to get this dude's hot lunch. <laughs> Dude, it was it was it was absolute Damn. insanity. And so there was one time that my snack pack was gone. There was another time my Capri Sun was it would always be like Either parts of your lunch, but if you had a really good lunch, the whole thing was gone. Whole thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got to the point where the teachers were like, some kid is clearly throwing people's lunches away out of spite or something. Like, maybe we should look at who's being bullied because this is clearly some sort of revenge tactic because no child could be eating this much. Yeah, yeah. Or we got to do daily weigh-ins. Yeah, it was... It was insane. A daily weigh-in would have been good. It would have been nice to just have, because then you would you would catch the person red-handed, not just on the scale, but I imagine if there was actually a point where every child at that school had to check in, there would never have not been snack pack chocolate yogurt all right. over this person's hands. And or who knows? This kid already seems to be like a master thief. Maybe they'd somehow always avoid the weigh-in. <laughs> it got to the point where I put a padlock on my lunchbox. <laughs> And people think I'm lying, but it's no joke. Like, I there was a little while there where I had a like a full one or one of those like little luggage ones. No, a little luggage one, little luggage one. Because I would loved it if it was like you had this little (laughs) lunchbox with like a massive (laughs) steel padlock on it. I had I had a teacher get mad at me when I put the lock on my lunch. Because she was like, listen, no one's going to steal your lunch. And it, and it, to me, it felt like the moment in a mob movie where the police are like, we can protect you. And then the person who's already watched a bunch of mobsters die be like, you can't protect yourself. You know, because that, yeah. like, that's essentially what I told her. I was like, hey, from what I heard, your lunch got stolen. So <laughs> while we out here yeah. sort of telling people their lunches are going to get taken, yeah. where is your lunch, by the way? Did you did you lock your lunch away? Because if you hit lock on your car and left your lunch there, then we're doing the same <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. And so, so then I remember there was a day where I must have left because it, it was one of the luggage ones with a key. So it wasn't a combination one. Yeah. And that was a big mistake because there was one day where I locked the thief and myself out of my lunch. I was just sitting in front of a lunch bag that I couldn't yeah. get in, just staring at it hungry, right? And it got to the point where kids were even talking about it for a little while because they were like, I just don't know. I'm so hungry. Because then there were times where they would let us play. This is like another problem with Louisiana heat. There would be times where if you got to school early, especially if you were in that, you know, lower level of grades, you got to school early, you could play outside and then come Mm. in and then you would do your schoolwork and then there would be lunch and then another recess. And then you would come in and finish your work for the day and then go home. Right. Right. But on days where the, Summer wasn't quite over, like in August, September or something like that, uh, where you can still get some of that heat and the sun is, you know, coming up a little bit earlier. It would be you'd be so hot from playing in the morning and then you would have lunch and then you would play again. So the kids that got their lunch stolen didn't want to go play again because they had no food. Yeah. In them. So they were like, I can't I can't go out there. But then the teachers were like, this is our only peaceful time. This is the only time that yeah. we don't have screaming kids around. So, like, at least stand outside for a second. Let me have a peaceful lunch. <laughs> and so they they finally 
they finally caught her. And when they caught her, it felt, you know, like when you see a magic trick, how it's done, you feel so silly for your eyes ever falling for it. Mm -hmm. When they caught this girl, it couldn't have made more sense. (laughs) (laughs) It really did. I'm telling you. I felt so dumb. I mean, I'm like I'm like seven years old, but I'm still like, ooh, I felt so dumb. Because when they caught her... She's dressed like the Hamburglar. Look. she they, the first words were robble, robble. When you, right? They, they caught her red-handed. And it was funny because she was trying to put it back real quick, but they were still chewing. <laughs> so they were like... Hey. I don't know. I feel like... I think I'm going to make up a fake name just to... Yeah, no, you should. Uh, so they were, so they were like Sheila, Sheila, <laughs> what are you doing? And then Sheila was like, mm, not, not the, not, 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 like had a mouthful of food. And we're all like, we're all sort of peeking. Not all of us, but a handful right. of us are peeking outside of the classroom door because this person's being caught. And we're like, oh, is this the, you know? And they were like, Sheila, what are you doing? And she was like, nothing, just put my lunch back. And then <laughs> pushing the lunchbox back, right? But then the lunchbox she was putting it back in was the lunchbox that the person that actually belonged to. So then she was like, so why is that in Sebastian's cubby if it's your lunch? You know, like the way that like adults trap you with logic when you're a kid. Right, yeah. And I'll never forget. She goes, oh, no, it's, it's a mystery. <laughs> Mouthful. <laughs> it's a mystery. We gotta get to the bottom of this. Mm, mm. It's, it's, you know, we 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 gotta we gotta get the cops involved. You know, do something. It was it was it was follow true the insight. money. This goes to the top. <laughs> oh, you want to get Perry Mason, Colombo? Get somebody in here <laughs> because this is mm, mm, what a delicious crime. <laughs> What a delectable mystery. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody need to give the compliments to their baba because that was a... <laughs> what, a what a delicious what a, bread roll. Mm, what a juicy, succulent mystery. <laughs> I'm slowly turning her into an old Cajun man. What a, a delectable mystery. Yeah, just because she's a small eight-year-old Louisiana girl doesn't mean she talks like a Southern lawyer. I, I know. I, did, was, I wasn't even trying. Was it was just doing the... The mouthful voice that I accidentally made her not may not be a big city lawyer, but I do know that my lunch being in his his cubby is not a crime. I do know a good brioche when I see one. <laughs> it was insane. It was it was so wild. And then when they caught her, it made so much sense. And it and the the most upsetting thing, I guess there were two upsetting things about it. One was she didn't always like get everybody. So there were some kids who didn't even know this was happening. Like there were some kids who straight like like I'm still friends with some of the kids that I went to elementary school with. I'm sure if I hit them up now, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Except for maybe two of my friends who who also got their lunches like messed with who who were like in it. And also a lot of us forget what happened in elementary school. So they may just. (laughs) Yo, yo, I'm not forgetting an empty Capri Sun and a stolen snack pack. You don't let those type of crimes slide. Listen, I. There's no I understand statue. it was very formative for you, but there's no statue of limitations on lunch theft. Okay. <laughs> I remember people who stole my lunch when I was an adult, you know? 
I, I keep that, that hits home. Don't mess with my food. Mm-hmm. The other very upsetting thing was that normally you would think that if a child is doing this, they're not being fed properly at home. She loved breakfast and dinner too. Like they, they called her, her parents and they were like, Hey, do you know that Sheila has been stealing other kids lunches and eating them? They were like, I don't see how that's as possible. Cause she always eats her fill at breakfast. And they're like, wait a minute. And I never get to have breakfast at all. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm just saying, because because lunch for me especially was a, it was an amazing thing because if my mom made something special for me or if there was like a special thing that she bought, it was always a surprise because my Ooh, mom made a big that's deal. Fun. Yeah, that's fun. my mom always made a big deal of like making my lunches without me seeing. So it would always oh. be dope whenever I'd open my lunchbox and see these things that I didn't even know she bought or I didn't even like that was like a sweet thing that she always did. Oh, that's really nice. So when so when Sheila came out of nowhere and violated that, <laughs> it stuck with me. I know it's I know it's been decades, but it stuck with me. Well, I'd say man, we're probably good at wrapping up. You want to wrap this one up? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. Thank you so much. If you made it this far, you're a saint. I think I think that you could actually canonize yourself because you're an actual saint. This was just because you've listened to two hours of this show so far. Is that? I think so. I think if you've listened to this episode, there's a good chance you listened to the first episode, and that one, wow, was crazy as well, but for different reasons. Um, this was kind of like the vamping that the guy did when he was trying to bring me up because I, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because I don't know how to end the episode. I'm just gonna end up being like, ah, yeah. he's as funny oh. as he is black. Yeah, this this shows as good as it is over. <laughs> uh, and here we. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening to Josh Johnson's show. Thank you so much to Logan Nielsen for being my amazing co-host. And yeah, man. please give us a five star review on things that you review. Yeah, man, if you if you could subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review there, and if you give us a good review, we'll uh, we'll give you a shout out, um, and uh, you can follow us on Spotify too. What's up, Josh? Also, quick new feature: if you have something that you want us to talk about, maybe you want to know our ideas on something, Ooh. maybe you want to know our feelings about a topic, you can email us at Josh Johnson Show at gmail Sweet, and also you can follow us on social. You can follow me on Instagram at Josh Johnson Comedy, Twitter at Josh Johnson, Facebook at Josh J Comedy, and you can follow Logan Nielsen. You can just worry about my Instagram, Logan M Nielsen, on on Instagram dot com. <laughs> 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 it's even funny too because no one like goes to the website. Everyone does the app on their phone. But no, there will be someone who's like, "Let me check that." That's something my uncle would do. Let me check that. <laughs> Logan M Nielsen at Instagram <laughs> dot com. Oh, I typed in dot net. This is a totally different person. But uh, what's is there a big sign off to this, or do we just fade out? I think we'll just fade out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm.